0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer be Beer Sportscast. I'm Paramore Deals, alongside my co-host, James Farley, and we've got the second part of a great two-part episode coming your guys' way, so let's get to it. James, take it away.
1: Thanks, Barry. So in the first episode of our March Madness two-part episodes, we, have, we talked about the West and the East regions, and now we are going to be talking about the right side of your bracket with the South and the Midwest regions. The, both of these regions have some phenomenal teams phenomenal plays and we can't wait to be talking about them with you guys right now so Perry we like we did in the last episode where we did the 60 second segments where we ran down each teams all the teams in the regions and just so that the list, you guys know what we will be talking about right now let's get going right now again with the south region Perry with the 60 second segment what teams are in store right here?
0: All right, James. So first up, you've got Baylor versus Hartford. Baylor has been carrying this region. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But they are a very good team that will be playing an overmatched 16 seed. Then you go down to the 8 versus 9 matchup. UNC taking on Wisconsin. I expect UNC to win this game. I do think that they're a little underseeded. But we can talk about that if the time comes. Then we're going on to Villanova-Winthrop. That two verse th- that five verse twelve matchup is always very very tough. I have Winthrop winning this game, but we will discuss that um, later in this episode. Then we've got Purdue North Texas. Purdue a battle tested sit uh, a big 10 team taking on north texas the mid-major uh, this will definitely be a fun one you watch but then you've got a vastly under texas tech team that's only seen number six taking on utah state and 11 seed texas tech is on alert. but if they can get past that team maybe they'll make a deep run but then you're going down to arkansas and colgate colgate only one loss all season but arkansas is a very very good sec team that will and can make a deep run Then Florida versus Virginia Tech. This is going to be one of the best first-round games in the entire tournament, in my opinion, and definitely a fun one to watch. And then rounding it out with Ohio State, Oral Roberts. Ohio State, probably the worst number two seed in this tourney, but they're taking on probably an overmatched Oral Roberts um, team, but that will definitely be another interesting one to watch. James, what team in this South region will we be talking about first?
1: Yeah, Perry, we're going to be talking about Baylor to start things off right now because Baylor is what makes this region what we think the third strongest region. And that's because they are so good that they can almost carry this region. I mean, this region, it doesn't have this strong second top tier team like the West with Gonzaga and Iowa as a second team. Or, you know, with the Midwest, Illinois and having Houston as the second tier team and even Michigan and Alabama as a second-tier team. So we think that Ohio State is definitely a drop-off from those other teams, and we think that that makes this, this region not as strong as some others. But that being said, this region is deep, and they have a um, they have a very – such as the Texas Tech Raiders being – the Red Raiders being the, sec, the sixth seed. And I think that this shows that this region is really deep, and so Baylor, while they are the overwhelming favorite to move on to the Final Four – they will definitely have to be playing some sound teams in each of the first four rounds before making it to the Final Four. They aren't any superstar caliber teams like Gonzaga would potentially be having to play Iowa in the Elite Eight, but that being said, Baylor's going to have to get through some pretty sound and solid teams throughout March Madness if they want to have a shot at ho- hoisting the title, not in just in the Final Four, but come the National Championship. So Baylor-Perry, Baylor is my number one team in the bracket and I think Baylor is going to come out victorious here and win the entire national championship. They are a top team in the country who is, um, they're obviously a title contender this year after going 22-2, 13-1 in the Big 12, which is one of the top two conferences in college basketball alongside the Big 10. Their only two losses are to Kansas when they lost 71-58 and in the Big 12 tournament to Oklahoma State. 8374 Oklahoma State's a very good team who we are going to get to later led by freshman phenom Cade Cunningham but yeah Baylor they've stayed at the number two line for nearly the entire season they did falter a little bit towards the end Uh, they fell to the three seed just once after dropping that game to Kansas Michigan took their place but they ended up quickly resuming their stature at the number two seed they're led by national player of the year candidate Jared Butler averaging 17.1 points a game 4.8 assists and two steals Davion Mitchell, 14.1 points per game, 5.1 assists, and also two steals, so this team that just shows how when your top two players are that good at defense, that's really telling. As well as Maceo Teague, averaging 16.2 a game. So, in our previous episode, we were talking about how LSU can really score. With some of their top three guys and this is the same situation. Jared Butler 17 a game, Maceo T 16 and Mitchell 14. You know right there that's 47 points out of your top three scores. That's a lot of points and they have a great supporting cast as well with big man the paint, uh, Mark Vital who and another guy who starts being Flo Thon, but the big guy off the bench of Adam Flagler and Mark Meyer. So this team is really really good and I think that this team is definitely going to be good throughout March. And I think they're going to end up hoisting the trophy in Indy this year and be the national champions. You know, a lot of people say offense wins games, defense wins championships. And I think that this team is a really solid defensive team as they only give up 66.4 points per game. And I think that they, um, offense wins games, defense wins championships. I think that that defense is going to carry them to the championship because Mark Vidal in the paint, He's a shot blocker. He has great deals. And we've already mentioned how Mitchell and Butler are great defensive players. And I think that their 84.4 points per game offense is going to carry them far enough. And I think that they're going to have more than enough offense to go along with such a great defense to end up winning the national championship. So I think that they are a really, really good team. And they ranked two in the ranking, you know, just under the Bulldogs. They're seven and two first teams in the top 25. That just shows how impressive you, of a team you have to be. To be at that point because you had nine games, you know, nine of your 24 games being against teams in the top 25. They did lose to OK State in the Big 12 tournament in Kansas, as I said, but they did end up being a fellow number one seed from the Midwest region, Illinois, 82-69. They beat Kansas, 77-69. Texas Tech, who was the sixth seed in this region, 68-60 and 88-93, so they beat them twice. Texas 83-69 and Oklahoma State. While well, they did lose to them in the Big 12 tournament, they did beat them twice throughout the regular season. 81-70, 81-66, and West Virginia. They had a they had a um a, they had a really solid comeback. They had a, a gutsy performance, and they won 94-89 in overtime in that game. So Scott Drew has a, done a great job with this squad, and I think that Baylor is going to be really really solid, not just out of the South region, but throughout the entire March Madness tournament throughout the final four to the national championship and winning the whole thing
0: yeah james i really really like baylor too um i have them definitely making the final four as you said it's their region to lose but there are some upset-minded teams that we can get to here that might try and destroy their title hopes so the first matchup that I think we want to discuss is that five versus twelve matchup. Villanova, the five seed, um versus winthrop, the twelve seed. I have Winthrop winning this game mostly because Villanova um lost their senior point guard, Colin Galepsi, who was averaging 14 points a game to a devastating season ending MC Altair to his knee. Um they're 16 and 6 this year, 11 4 in the Big East. They did lose to Georgetown in the conference tourney of uh, the Big East Conference tourney 72 to 71 but they're led by Jeremy Robinson Earl Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels who combined are averaging 38 points per game um, they're trying to pick up the slack after Colin Gillespie's injury but it is going to be very very hard for them to do it they're averaging 75.5 points per game 67.1 points against they're ranked number seven as the BPI has them ranked number 7 as a 5 seed. That seems a little a little aggressive to me, although I really like BPI. I have Winthrop winning this game. I have been winning it pretty handedly, and to have them being the BPI's number 7 team, that seems really, really off to me. I don't know if BPI, you know, th- is really high on Nova or if they think that Colin Gillespie's injury isn't going to affect them as much as it's affecting us but they are three and one-verse teams in the top 25. They've beaten Creighton, Texas, and UConn, along with being Seton Hall twice, and they're led by Coach Jay Wright. You can never count a Jay Wright team out. But James, do you have Winthrop winning it like I do, or are you going with the five-seed Villanova?
1: Well, you can never count out the five-seed Villanova's coach Jay Wright and his squad. I think that in this situation, one throw up is going to come out victorious. They are 23-1 on the season, so just a one-loss team. They went 17-1 in the conference. They are really, really solid. Their one loss was just a two-point loss to UNC Asheville, 57-55 in the regular season. While they have not played a top 25 team this season, they are still ranked number 85 in the BPI rankings, and they have been a really solid team all season long. They're coached by Pat Kelsey, and this Pac Kelsey run team is averaging 79.5 points a game and just 66.8 points again, so it's over a double digit. It's over a 10 point, and it's a double digit differential between how many points they score and how many they give up. So I think that that's definitely going to be a major factor in this five versus 12 game. Winthrop is led. By guard Chandler Vaudrin averaging 12.2 points, 7, 2, 7.2 rebounds, and 6.9 assists to go along with 1.3 steals. So he leads his team in each of these categories in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. So he's a fantastic player, do-it-all guy for this team, and a great leader to go along with that. They have Adonis Arms averaging 10.5 points per game, Charles Falden 10.1 a game, and DJ Burns Jr. 10 points per game. So I think that um, that's really solid, having four double-digit scores on this 12... 12- seeded team is definitely impressive and I think that they're going to be able to knock off the number five seed Villanova in this classic five versus 12 upset upset-ridden game and I think that Winthrop is going to live up to that standard and pull off the upset in the South region.
0: Yeah James so you've gone with all three 12 seeds in this five versus 12 matchup I've gone with two of them so it'll be definitely interesting you see, how it shakes out, but we are moving to another very, very good team that is, however, on upset alert, and this is the Arkansas Razorbacks. They have been 22-6 this year, 13-4 in the SEC. They lost the regular season title to Alabama, but they're led by Moses Moody, who's averaging 17.4 points per game as a guard and leader for this team. I really, really like this team. I actually have them making the Final Four, but to do that they're going you have to survive the upset from Colgate who is 14 and 1 and they're averaging 18 14 and 1 11 and 1 their only loss is to Army all year but Arkansas needs to get through Colgate then they need to get through Texas Tech and then they need to get through Ohio State and that's not even before they have to face in the in the elite Eight, a team like Illinois possibly but their ranking, BPI ranking is 14. They're 2-2 two two versus teams in the top 25. But I think if they can get to the Final Four, this team will be battle-tested and this team will be dangerous. But they have to beat Colgate first.
1: Yeah, Perry, Colgate is another really solid team. They won 14-1 and won 11, on the season, 11-1 the Patriots League. Their only loss was to Army, so another one-loss team. And it's going to be interesting. I think that Colgate and Arkansas are very similar teams. They can shoot the three ball well, but they can also run the floor at a high pace. Colgate does so, averaging 86.3 points per game and get this, only giving up 68.6. So just about a 20 point differential between that, so that is insane. And I think that, could this be a 14 over 3 upset? I don't know, but I think that no matter what, this is going to be a fantastic game. They're the BPI ranking of forty-four, which is impressive for a team out of the Patriots League, I must add. And they're coached by Matt Langley. He's done a great job alongside his players. Jordan Burns, 17 and Points per game and 5.4 assists. Jack Ferguson 12.6 a game. Nelly Cummings 12.3 a game. And Tucker Richardson 11.7. So while they are not in a strong conference, being a one-loss team is impressive in its own right, and ha- definitely is um is definitely a major factor when playing against a four-loss team out of a not incredible SEC conference either. In Arkansas, you know SEC Arkansas, LSU, and Alabama are the three main teams there. You know Florida obviously is pretty solid as well, but. I think that Colgate is definitely going to be on upset alert and could potentially pull this off. And Perry, I think I definitely want to bring up something real quick. You said that Arkansas could be a Final Four team for you. Is that the case?
0: Uh, Yes, that is the case. Um, I have them beating Baylor in the Elite Eight. I think that it will definitely be a hard fought game. I've been going back and forth still. I'm still going back and forth on that game. But I think that it's going to be Arkansas and Baylor in the Elite Eight for sure. And then I think whoever wins that game will be going to the National Championship game. So that is my uh, bold prediction for the South region here.
1: Very interesting take there, Perry. I think that Baylor is definitely going to get through this region. I think they are going to end up matching up with Arkansas in the Elite Eight. But that being said, I think that Baylor is going to come out victorious on this. In this region, even if they have to play Arkansas later on throughout, and I think that Arkansas is going to be tested from the get-go against Colgate, as we have acknowledged right now.
0: Yeah, James, I definitely think the 7-10 matchup between Florida and Virginia Tech is definitely really interesting. I have Virginia Tech winning this easily. Virginia Tech 15 and 6 this year, 9 and 4 in the ACC. Um, they have almost a 7-point. Point positive, point differential. They've looked really good all season long. I actually don't even have their run stopping at Virginia, t- uh, Florida, excuse me, either. I actually have them being the two seed Ohio State in the next round. So that's my really big upset pick for the South. But they're coached by Mike Young. Although they've lost two of their last three, it's been hard f- for them as they've had. A, re- a number a string of recent games here canceled due to COVID-19 and they've had you know trouble finding that rhythm that they found at the beginning of the year when they started 13 and three but they're 4-0 and against top 25 teams that is really really good and that's such an underrated stat in this year's tournament especially with you know Gonzaga's playing 26 games this year but other teams have only played like Colgate's 14-1 and they've only played 15 games So less than half of the games. So I think that, you know, Virginia Tech's record against AP Top 25 teams is really a telling stat of just how good their team is this year.
1: Yeah, Perry. I think another potential upset that we definitely have to highlight actually is the two versus 15 seeded game, as a matter of fact. And this is between Oral Roberts and Ohio State. Oral Roberts, for any of you guys who don't know, have Max Amos, who is the leading scorer of all of NCAA college basketball in the entire nation. So they have the number one leading scorer, some great, great guard play. And I think, I don't know if Ohio State is going to be able to match up against that because there's a two heading into the 15th seeded game. You really think that they're just going to have like walk in the park, be able to move on to the second round, but this is not the case. And as a matter of fact, Joe Lenardi even has Oral Roberts moving on to the second round in his bracket. So that's just telling. I mean, Joe Lenardi is one of the best bracketology experts in the, in every, anywhere. So I think that is seriously something that you guys have to think about. And you have to realize that Ohio State, they are not a very good two seed. Cause you know, if they're t- like, if they're a two seed, then they're supposed to be considered a top eight team in the country, right? I mean, four number ones, four number twos. And I do not think Ohio State at the end of the day is an in the top eight teams in the country at the moment and just you watch I think I have Ohio State win this game but that's definitely a game to look out for and see if Max Abrams and Oral Roberts are able to put together a historic win and knock off Ohio State
0: Yeah, James, that's definitely an interesting game. I even think that the 15-versus-2 matchup in the West between Iowa and Grand Canyon is interesting as well. But I expect Ohio State to beat Oral Roberts. I think I would be shocked. Um, Although I do think they are the worst number two seed, I think that they could have been replaced by Oklahoma State, a team that we will talk about a little bit later. But I do see them gang by Oral Roberts and losing to Virginia Tech in a game that I think Virginia Tech is going to win ha- pretty handedly to get to the Sweet 16. But James, we've gone over you know some Final Four teams that we can see coming out of this region. Uh, Baylor, definitely one of them. Arkansas, Virginia Tech as a Cinderella team. You and I both like Virginia Tech. But out of Baylor and Arkansas, I know you're a big Baylor fan, but do you see any way that Arkansas can knock off Baylor in the Elite Eight?
1: You know, the Moses Moody-led Arkansas Razorbacks are definitely a fun team to watch out of the SEC. And usually think of Arkansas as more of a football um, school, but this year they are, you know, right up there amongst the great college basketball squads. However, I do not see them knocking off Baylor really at all. I don't see any team in this region of the South knocking off Baylor on their way to the Final Four. I think that the Bears are going to be able to, you know, roll through the first round. Roll through a potential matchup with North Carolina or Wisconsin in the second round. I think that's going to be North Carolina. Moving on, it, they would the toughest opponent they would have seed wise would be number four Purdue, who I think they would beat handedly as well. But watch out for Winthrop. This team is a really good twelve over five upset over Villanova, and I think that they're definitely going to win that first round game and potentially even a second so watch out for that. And then I think that the I think Baylor is going to be able to get through everyone. You know, the sixth seed is Texas Tech, who they've beaten throughout the year in the Big 12. And then I think that at the end of the day, Ohio State and Arkansas is the two and threes. I think that there's just a huge gap between the skill sets of those teams. I think that Baylor is going to end up moving on to the final four out of the South region. Perry, what do you think?
0: Yeah, James, you know, earlier I said that I think it's gonna be Arkansas. I think it's gonna be Arkansas, but I have switched to from that. I've been going back and forth all day, but I do think that Baylor is going to be out is going to be able to get out of that south region. But James, we're gonna head over to the Midwest region now. Um, probably the strongest region in this year's bracket. But James, let's send it over to you for your sixty second segment.
1: Absolutely, Perry. We're going to start off the incredibly tough Midwest region right now. So the first time we have the matchup between the number one seeded Illinois and Drexel, I think Illinois is going to definitely run right through Drexel and move on to the second round here, and they will end up matching up between Loyal Chicago and Georgia Tech. Watch out for that game. Loyal Chicago and Cameron Crotwig are a great one of the best defensive teams in the country as a mid-major, so watch out for them moving forward, but Georgia Tech also has a great defense with the zone that they showcase against Florida State after winning the ACC championship. So I think that's going to be the best 8 versus 9 game out of the entire bracket. Moving on, you have Tennessee and Oregon State. You always watch the 5 versus 12 upset, but I think Tennessee's defense is too strong. I think Tennessee moves on, and then they will play the winner of Oklahoma State Liberty. Watch out for this Oklahoma State team led by freshman Cade Cunningham. This guy is good. I think he's the best player in the country, and I think that this team is going to go deep in March Madness. And then Further down the bracket, you have San Diego State and Syracuse, another strong mid-major team. The San Diego State team was a title contender last year, and while they aren't quite as good this year, they can seriously stir things up in the Midwest region, and they will play the winner of West Virginia and Moorhead State. Morehead State's a really solid 14 seed, but I think that West Virginia and Bob Huggins are just too good and they're going to move on. And then to wrap things up, you have Clemson and Rutgers and they will play the winner of Houston versus Cleveland State. Houston was a great team, a 3-loss team going 24-3, and and they are looking really strong heading into March Madness, and that's it for the Midwest region.
0: Yeah, James, uh, you definitely touched on a couple of really, really interesting matchups that are coming up this year. But the one that I want to start off with is that 8 versus 9 matchup. The 8 versus 9 matchups, you know how they are. Any team can win it, they're virtually identical. But this is, as you said, the best 8 versus 9 matchup in this year's bracket. So it's Loyola, Chicago, the mid-major. They are back after. That final four run in 2018, they're trying to recapture it. They're seeded number eight, a little higher than they were in 2018 when they were seeded number 11. But Sister Jean is making the trip down to Indianapolis for the tourney, so Sister Jean will be back. But Loyola Chicago, they went 24 and 4 this season, 16 and 8 in the Missouri Valley. They beat Drake in the Missouri Valley. 16 tourney- and
1: 2, Perry. 16 and 2. 16 Thank and you, two. James. Sorry.
0: Thank you, James. But they did beat Drake in the Missouri Valley tourney finals 75 to 65. And ESPN's BPI actually has them ranked 23rd. So if you go eight times four, that's thirty-two. So they should be somewhere in that twenty eighty-thirty-two region. So BPI actually has them a little high at twenty-third, obviously led by center Cameron Quetrig, who has 15 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, and dishing out three assists, but this is definitely an interesting team to watch, but the team on the other side that they are going to be facing is very, very good as well. James, why don't you tell us a little bit about Georgia Tech?
1: Georgia Tech is another really solid team, and I think that they should be seeded much higher than the number nine seed they were given. They are at the BPI ranking of 35, so they are right around that mark. As you know, as you said, nine times four, that would be 36, so they're just right around that mark. So, they are seated pretty solid as BPI and BPI once again proves that they are a reliable source but they won 17 and 8 on the year 11 and 6 in the ACC they're led by senior forward Moses Wright who went he averaged 17.4 points a game 8 rebounds and 2.3 assists as well as senior guard Jose Alvarado with 15.3 points per game 3.6 rebounds and 4.1 steals that guy is a great 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 defender as well so he can he can rack up the the steal totals at a high level. They're averaging 75 and a half points per game while giving up 70. So they tend to play some pretty close games. However, they are 5 and 3 versus AP top 25 teams, which is impressive. They have notable wins against Florida State winning 76 to 65 in the conference championship and as well as Virginia Tech who they beat 69-53 and UNC in a five-point game 72-67. So they're coached by John Passner, and this team is looking good I think this is going to be a battle of of the ages for Loyal Chicago and Georgia Tech one of the better eight versus nine games that we'll see you know in a while I think and I think it's gonna come down to the wire and I think that whoever wins is gonna have a tough matchup on their hands against Illinois but no matter what I think this is gonna be a good game
0: yeah I agree with you James I have Georgia Tech winning this game and then losing to that great Illinois squad but we'll move on now to the four versus 13 game Oklahoma State versus Liberty. Oklahoma State is arguably the most under team in this year's bracket. You could have made a case for them that they should have been a two seed, um, led by Cade Cunningham. But this team is fantastic. They ended off on a really, really good run where they beat six ranked teams over a 13 game stretch. So that's really, really remarkable. They went 20 and 8 this season and 11 and 7 in the Big 12.
1: Thanks for writing that down, Perry. But there is one other thing I want to quickly mention about that Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech team. As we said, that senior foreign and Moses Wright is a leader of this team. He is out for the first two round for the first round of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. So that is a major loss to Georgia Tech. So I wasn't able to give my pick here, and I actually have Loyola Chicago. Initially, I was going back and forth, but losing Moses Wright to this two COVID issues, I think that that pushes Loyola Chicago ahead of the game, and that gives them the edge over Georgia Tech to have that matchup with Illinois. And that's what I have for that game. And definitely, Perry, as you were saying with Oklahoma State, this team is a really solid team. And I actually have them heading to the final four this year, led by Cade Cunningham as a number four seed. I think they are drastically underseeded, and I think that they're a dangerous, dangerous team. But they will be matching up with the number thirteen seed Liberty. And many team many um this team is really, really solid, they are um, 76th out of the BPI rankings, they won the Atlantic Sun Tournament by beating North Alabama 79-75 to 75. and this resume actually has given them and many experts are actually projecting them to beat Oklahoma State, which you know, these ex- they have a lot of really solid points, but I just do not think this is the case at all with Cade Cunningham as well as sophomore guard Avery Anderson of that oklahoma state team i think that the cowboys are just going to dominate liberty liberty did go 23 and 5 11 and 2 in the atlantic sun but i think that that all things aside i do not think that darius mcgee who averages just under 16 a game and chris parker around 10 a game are going to be able to carry liberty over oklahoma state at the end of the day so i have oklahoma state winning this game
0: similar to you James I have Oklahoma State winning this game and making a run all the way to the final four I've had my history with picking four seeds to make deep runs in the past uh, I picked Arizona as a four seed when they had DeAndre Ayton they obviously lost in the first round to Buffalo so that was a heartbreaker for me um, but I feel much much better about Oklahoma State but moving on now to a very interesting three verse 14 game between West Virginia and Moorhead State a game that I think is going to be a lot, a lot closer than most 3-14 games are. Um, West Virginia is the 3-seed. Coach Bob Huggins actually doesn't believe they are that good. But is that a motivation tactic? He could be using it to get his troops in order, get his troops in line, so they can hopefully make a deep run in this year's tourney. You've seen many coaches do it in the past, trying new motivate our players, motivate their players by saying that they're not that good, that the other team is so much better than they are, but it will definitely be interesting. West Virginia is 18-9 and this season, 11-6 and in the Big 12. They average 77.3 points per game and give up 72.1 points per game, so that's not really that much of a positive point differential for a top team like West Virginia, and the one statistic that I really feel like exemplifies this West Virginia team is that BPI has them number 27. That's behind the eight-seed Loyola Chicago that we just talked about. So I think that that's a very telling statistic for this West Virginia team.
1: Absolutely, Perry. I think that what you brought up with Bob Huggins and being quoted for saying that um, he was quoted for kind of going against his team a little bit, but that I think it can be taken one of two ways one way that you definitely went down the path of you don't think they're as good, but I think that one of the things that you mentioned, of them averaging 72.1 points per game, he really highlighted that their defensive intensity isn't that good and isn't going to carry them that far in the tournament. So one could say, oh, he doesn't think they're that good, but the others are think could say that, oh, he just really wants his team to amp up the defensive intensity on and off the ball as the differential between points scored and points given up is only... Five points for a number three seed, which is not that impressive. So I think that he is trying to really motivate his team to get going. He said that the team doesn't have the same kind of intensity that his West Virginia Mountaineers teams have had in the past, which I don't really like actually going into March Madness not having that intensity because you need that intensity. You need that team spirit heading throughout the March Madness tournament. And as a matter of fact, I had them losing in the second round to San Diego State. I have the Aztecs knocking them off I have San Diego State beating Syracuse and then knocking them off as a mid-major. I think that San Diego State has a run in them, guys. So I think that's definitely interesting.
0: Yeah, I have West Virginia squeaking by this Moorhead State team, but as like you, I have them losing in the second round, but I actually have them losing to Syracuse. I think that Syracuse is going to make a Sweet 16 run, a team that's been on the bubble all year. I do think that they are going to be able to get to the Sweet 16 and face off against Houston.
1: Alright, so that team, in order for West Virginia to move on to the second round and potentially face off with, you have Syracuse-Ive-San Diego State, they're going to have to be a dangerous Moorhead State team, and they are the 14th seed, they went 23-7 and on the year, 17-3 and in the Ohio Valley Conference, which is very impressive, freshman forward Johnny Broome averaging just under 14 points and also 9 rebounds, so he's a solid player right there as well as Devin Cooper, 12.2 points, 5 rebounds, and 2.4 assists a game. They averaged 68.8 a game, but they did go 0-2 against the AP Top 25, and the BPI has them ranked 154th, which is not impressive for being in this tournament, but they were able to squeak in by winning the Ohio Valley Tournament by destroying Belmont 86-71, so that's what got them in. Coach Preston Spradlin has done a great job with this Marhade State squad, but unfortunately for them, I do not see them coming in and knocking off West Virginia this March.
0: Yeah, James, that will definitely be another interesting game to watch, though. But moving into potential Final Four teams that can come out of this Midwest region, we've talked a little bit about Oklahoma State. We were thinking that Georgia Tech could be a Cinderella team, but due to the injury of their star player, that is not looking like it is going to be the case. But a team that we definitely need to talk about is the Illinois Fighting Illini? I mean, they're the one seed. They're the third one seed. They are ahead of Michigan. They went twenty-two and six this year, sixteen and four in the Big Ten. They might have the best duo in the league And the NCAA. Excuse me, James. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this star power duo?
1: Thanks for sending it over me there, Perry. Yeah, this team. I actually, in my opinion, is the best duo that we see in this March Madness tournament they are led by guard Io DeSumo who averages 20.9 points per game 6.2 rebounds and 5.2 assists so this guy is a do it all player he is phenomenal great leader of this team and however while he is great there is another player who would be the number one option on the majority of teams here in this tournament and that is center Kofi Kober and he is averaging 17.3 17.3 points per game and 9.6 rebounds, so he is 4 tenths of a rebound away from averaging a huge double-double as he's also a great scorer in the paint, and I absolutely think that they are the best duo in the NCAA. They both combined for for over 38 points per game, just the two of them, which is impressive, but they also, to go along with them, have Trent Frazier at the guard position, Andre Corbello, this team is really good, Adam Smith in there, so this team has some great guard play as well as DeSumo and Coburn. So I think that they are definitely going to make a deep run in March Madness.
0: So James, earlier you said that you have Oklahoma State in the Final Four. So do you have Oklahoma State knocking off Illinois in the Sweet 16, even though the star power behind their guard and their center, Cockburn and DeSumo?
1: Perry, I think that I do. This is I think that this is going to be one of the best games, one of if not the best game that we're going to see in the entire bracket. I think this is going to be a huge game between two of the elite, two of the NCAA's best players in DeSumo and Cade Cunningham. And I honestly it's still a toss-up for me. It's really, really tough going back and forth. Can Cade Cunningham carry because I think Cunningham is better than DeSumo at the moment. And I think that it'll be interesting. Can Cunningham can Cade Cunningham, excuse me, carry them that far? Because they still do have a supporting cast. But I think Illinois has a better supporting cast, so it's really, really a tough situation, tough decision to make. And I think that at the moment, yes, I do have Oklahoma State knocking off Illinois in the Sweet 16, matching up with with Houston in the Elite Eight, and then actually moving on to the Final Four to match up with my number one team, Baylor. Who do you have coming out of here, Perry?
0: Yeah, I have Oklahoma State as well. I really, really like Kate Cunningham. I've been burned by star players before, but I do not think... That that is going to be the case with Kay Cunningham and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. James, so we've revealed our final four picks for the Midwest. Along the way, we've revealed our other final four picks. But just to reiterate them, James, who do you come who do you have coming out of the south? I assume that you have Baylor, as do I.
1: Absolutely, Perry, Baylor Bears are moving on to the final four.
0: All right, so we have Baylor and Oklahoma State on the right side of the bracket. And then, James, in the West, do you have Gonzaga like I do?
1: As a matter of fact, I do. I have them knocking off Iowa in the Elite Eight, and it's going to be a big-time matchup between Luka Garza and company against the mighty Gonzaga Bulldogs. But Gonzaga will prevail and move on to the Final Four in Indianapolis.
0: James, I agree with you on all fronts. Um, Luka Garza and Iowa, I think, are going to be able to make a run, but just run into that Chuggernaut Gonzaga team and then James moving down to the east region I think that Alabama is the best team in this region and I think that they will get out and into the final Four to face off against the Gonzaga Bulldogs do you agree with me
1: four for four Perry yes I do I have Alabama moving on to the final four to pair up with Gonzaga to get into the championship and then battle the winner of Baylor and Oklahoma State I have Florida State and Alabama battling out in the Elite 8. I actually have LSU and Florida State battling out in the Sweet 16 though. I have LSU knocking off Michigan in the round of 32. I think that the loss of Isaiah Liver is going to be huge for that team and I think that they're just not going to be able to get the job done with him on the team. They have three double digit scorers, one of which is Hunter Dickinson, the big guy who is an NCAA All-American this past season, but I don't think that that team's going to be able to get the job done if that guy in Isaiah Livers is hurt. He's a glue guy of that team and the LSU and their great scores in Cameron Thomas. He's the freshman averaging over twenty a game. Really solid. Darius Days and Javante Smart. That team is really good as well as Watford. So that team is really, really solid. And I think they're gonna end up battling out with Florida State in the Sweet 16. I see Florida State and Scotty Barnes moving on to the Elite Eight to battle the winner of Texas Alabama. I have Alabama beating Texas. That's gonna be a good game though, so watch out for that one. And then I have Alabama moving on over Florida State to reach the Final Four. Perry, do you agree with me on that? I mean, we agree on the Final Four. What's your quick little rundown of the East before we reveal who we have winning the Final Four and our national champion before we wrap up this episode?
0: Yeah, James, I have Florida State and Alabama in the Elite Eight as well. Um, I do have Michigan State, Michigan losing at the hands of Florida State, though, in that Sweet 16. But moving on to the Final Four, we'll start with the game on the left side of the bracket gonzaga versus alabama in the surprise upset i actually have alabama taking this game against the gonzaga bulldogs i think if gonzaga gets to the national championship they're going to win hands down but i do think that their run is going to end at the hands of the alabama crimson tide
1: how come perry i mean that's a battle of the ages that's going to go down in Indianapolis. But why do you have Alabama moving on to the National Championship? I feel like a lot of people would have Gonzaga moving on as the undefeated menace of a team. But why, can you tell me why you have Alabama moving on? Because that's hard for me to see. I have Alabama dropping that game to Gonzaga and Gonzaga moving on to the National Championship.
0: James, I mean, it's kind of what you just said there. They're an undefeated menace, in your own words. They're undefeated, and they have not played good competition all year long. They've beaten out multiple teams by double double digits. Their closest game was against BYU in the West Coast Championship, which they still ended up winning by 10 points. So I think... They're going to play Iowa. I think they're going to have a tough game. I think they're going to squeak it out. But then I think that the Alabama Crimson Tide, a team that has been on my radar all season long, that I just love the way that they play, is able to get a Gonzaga team that is going to let their the pressure get to their heads just a little too much.
1: Very interesting, Perry, and we'll have to see. So you have Alabama moving on. I have Gonzaga. And now we'll reveal what we have, what we think is going to happen on the South and Midwest regions on the right side of the bracket. I have Baylor defeating Oklahoma State in that game, battle the Big 12, re, um, another, like a, another game of wh- which happened in the Big 12 championship. And I think that, that another matchup, Baylor's going to want revenge. And I think at the end of the day, guard play in March Madness has proved time and time again that, that it can carry a team to the national championship. You know, you saw that um, with our past champion, Virginia, with Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy to go along with DeAndre Hunter at the small forward position, and I think that this Baylor team has great guard play in Davion Mitchell and T to go along with uh, their leader, Jared Butler. And I think that Baylor is going to end up um, being able to defeat Oklahoma State, and I see Baylor moving on to the National Championship to pair up with their other number 1 seed, Gonzaga Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, James, you kind of had the storybook ending, the top two teams in college basketball facing off in the national championship. I do have Baylor getting the national championship as well. I think that Cade Cunningham's run ends there, unfortunately, because we all just love watching him play, but then in the national championship, I've got Baylor versus Alabama, and I'm going with another upset. I am taking Alabama this year to win it all. I think that Baylor's gone 5-2 in their last seven games, so I think that they'll figure it out for the early part of this tournament, and then they'll have a couple tough games in the Elite Eight. They'll have a tough game in the Final Four, and I think they will just break down in the national championship, and I have them losing 76-71 to the hands of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Big time pick there, Perry. Very impressive. I'm, I'm I'm, happy that you're going out on a limb on that. And I'm excited to see what happens with your bracket. On the other hand, I have, while we do have the same Final Four, I have a different outcome in the National Championship. I know it's conventional having the top two seeds in the final in the National Championship. I just don't see it really going any other way. Unless I completely, you know, wake up on the wrong side of the bed one morning and say, I got to change my bracket, got to change my bracket. But I think that that's what's going to happen. And I have Baylor, the Baylor Bears moving on. To the national championship to battle out with Gonzaga, as I said earlier, and Baylor coming out on top and holding up that highly coveted NCAA men's basketball national championship trophy and coming out on top in this March Madness. I know that COVID is definitely going to play a major factor in this tournament, with you know, anybody players being tested, coaches being tested, all teams being tested constantly. It's already affected Virginia Cavaliers, the reigning champions. They are out of they are in quarantine until Friday. It, or excuse me, until Thursday with their game on Saturday, so limited time to prepare. And as we said, Moses Wright of Georgia Tech, another ACC team, he's out for the first round of the um for the first round. And then Oklahoma has been plagued with issues as well. So I think that there's a variety of scenarios that can definitely come up and I hope that players are able to stay safe throughout the entire tournament. I hope and pray for them that they are going to turn out all right. But that being said COVID is definitely going to be something that is on everybody's priority list, and safety is always the number one measure, so we will be looking out for that as well.
0: Yeah, James, um, you know, you hope that the tournament will get interrupted due to COVID from one of maybe one of the game's biggest stars, but let's hope that that happens. But that will do it for our two-part series on the bracket. Um, you know, if you guys want to find our Gmail, our Instagram, our Twitter, go to from ballparks. To buzzerbeers.com. A big thanks to my sister for setting that website up. But that'll do it for us today. I'm Perry Morgino signing out alongside my co host James Farley with the From Ballparks to Buzzerbeers Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody, and fill out those brackets.